Welcome back to Queen City Trading. We are recording live today during the trading session of Thursday, May 26. I'd like to say right off the rip, we are not financial advisors. This is not financial advice, and you should not take financial advice from the podcast. Uh, with all that said, I'm joined now by my good friend, Jerome Ball. Jerome, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Much better today. We're getting a little bit of a bear market rally. Um, it's what Thursday, and Spy just broke over 400. Um, so we're seeing a little bit of momentum, and I think we're both doing pretty well uh, trading today. So it feels good. Absolutely, yeah, it feels great to uh, string together a few green days after some uh, some rough trading days. Uh, I think for for both of us, and, and probably the market at large. Um, do you want to kind of talk us through real quick what we've seen in the last week? Uh, yeah, so I, well, one, you're absolutely right. It's been a little uh, challenging, um, at least for me, these past couple of days. I think psychologically, psychologically, just thinking about, hey, we're due for a rally. We've been so oversold. Even though this rally might not last that long, I think both of us have been like anticipating and, and trying to play this rally. And um, yeah, it, it took me Monday and and Tuesday, and that was a. I needed that lesson just to remind her, hey, don't chase. Have your setups, have your plan, and stick to it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we had the Fed minutes that came out yesterday, and they pretty much said that, hey, we're going to do two more hikes, um, but then we might um, in the fall. And I think the market, you know, is reacting to that uh, positively. And let's see, NVIDIA had good earnings, weaker guidance, but I think Wall Street's overlooking that. Um, so yeah, it feels really good to be trading today and to, to see our portfolios go up. Absolutely, yeah. I think that the, um, man, it, it's it's kind of unfair to say, hey, Jerome, why don't you take us through what happened in the last week? Because a, a week feels like an eternity in this market right now. Um, you know, I think we've learned some good lessons this week on having a bias uh, even going into the trading day or intraday trading, uh, that's that's definitely been my downfall in a couple of days was I, I had a thesis going into the market and I was either too early on that thesis or uh, I was too committed to it and stuck with a loser longer than I should have. Yeah, it, it's hard <laughs> being early sometimes, you know. Yeah, and I, I think that that's an important lesson to to hang on to for myself, you know. You can have a thesis and that's all good and fine. Um, you can have a setup that that looks great to you. And, you know, if, if for me, what ends up happening is uh, take last week, for instance, uh, I went in with the, the mindset that we were going to have a green day. Uh, I start to see some of my indicators go the way that I want them to go. Uh, take a play, it goes green for a moment and then it starts to go red. Uh, and rather than, you know, cutting my losses and waiting for the right setup, I would average into it uh, and, you know, not admit that I was wrong until it was way too late. Uh, and then to add insult to injury, <clears throat> you know, when I finally admit, all right, I was wrong, it, it didn't go my way today, then I get caught in that mindset and try to go the other way, you know, either later in that day or the next day, only to find that my original thesis was correct. I was just way too early on it. Um, so definitely an, an, an arduous market that, that requires uh, the, the ability to, to move with the market quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think for both of us, we're just so passionate about trading and we love it. And some days it's just best maybe just to sit out and 
you know, be done. But I, I think there's a lot of us where we just want to learn and just keep practicing. And, um, and it's, it, it's hard. Uh, Cause then you get kind of like in that revenge mode or like, Hey, I'm down now. I got to play catch up. And it really just, it, it can mess up your psyche. And sometimes it's just best just to wait for the next day. Yeah. It brings a, it brings up an interesting point. Um, about looking back at past trades. Um, I think one of the things that got in my head a little bit last week was some Tesla options that I traded. Uh, and I think I did take them for a win. I, I scalped Tesla options. Uh, anybody who's traded Tesla knows that, you know, especially as you're entering the contracts, you're kind of flying by the seat of your pants. They, they can move quickly uh, for you or against you. So when, when I'm scalping, I'm happy to you know, take that money quickly and, and feel good about leaving with, with some money on the table. Um, but I looked back later in the week and something that I had taken maybe a few hundred dollars profits on uh, went on to be worth, I, I think it was $7,000 uh, a day and a half later. Um, so, yeah, how, how do you feel about looking back at past trades, I, you know, in, in terms of <laughs> yeah. learning versus feeling bad? I, well, I think you do that more than I did. You, you send me screenshots a lot. And I'm like, oh man, like if I did that, like it would make me want to chase more. Um, it would make me steer away from my plan. It would make me hold my trades longer than I should. It would make me take on more risk and ultimately um, uh, lose. <laughs> so for me, it, it, it's really hard. It beats me up um, pretty bad. Yeah, I think that it's good to it's good to look back at trades and say, all right, where, where did I go right? Where did I go wrong? What, what did I see in the charts that made me take this trade? Um, you know, one of my favorite trades lately in, in either direction has been on the five or the 10 minute chart to wait for something to get overextended from the nine EMA. Um, you know, when I see that the, the candles are getting smaller and we're, we're further and further away from the EMAs uh, to enter a scalp one way or the other, um, you know, if, if you play the market both ways, like we like to, uh, eventually you're going to have one of those trades that would have been a runner. Um, I think it's, that's the lesson that I'm taking is, is just that, look, if, if my strategy is going to be scalping and I'm successful with that, I need to just be happy with the success and understand that, look, if you played puts and calls at, at some point, one of them was going to be the runner. Mm -hmm. I, I think it also comes down to what contract are we uh, trading? Are we trading something that expires in a week, within a couple of days, today? Um, versus are we buying a contract that's maybe we have three weeks out, um, a month out, where it's like, okay, I'm not going to make as much, but um, taking on less risk just because you're buying more time. Yeah, that leads me to a, another great point, a follow-up from our, our previous episode. Uh, Zim had earnings last week. Um, I, I did have a, a good trading week. I, you know, we, we talk about our losses and we beat ourselves up over it. Um, but I, I had a, a great day on the day that Zim reported earnings. So I decided to take a Zim call heading into earnings. Um, I took the 71 contract for the weekly. Um, and Zim did go the way that I thought it would. Zim did very well on earnings. And, but, you know, sometimes it's, it's buy the rumor, sell the news. And it sold off a bit for the rest of the week. Um, it did. It did start to come back, but nowhere near what I needed to to bring that contract back. Uh, only only to get over seventy this week. So you're you're absolutely right. The the timing of the contract is is extremely important. Have you noticed um, 
the the earnings like this past week i, I believe it's been best buy urban outfitters i think dick sporting goods um throw in video on that list where they've all hit the pre-market or after hours down like 10 percent plus just to finish the next day green like yeah, video was I, down 10 percent yesterday and now they're up three percent and i i have a, a friend that's been looking to start a position in nvidia and i think it was looking at you know after the earnings uh yesterday that hey i get in under 150 that'd be you know a good place to nibble and it hit 152 and now it's at 174 so who knows maybe they'll revisit uh you know down the road or maybe after q2 earnings come out and like i said they're they're expecting i think 500 revenue loss um due to china and with the COVID lockdowns along with Russia. And I think they said crypto mining is um, they're selling less chips due to crypto miners. Um, but then they can focus on gaming, AI, um, the other things they're good at. Yeah. You, you bring up a really good point about earnings. Um, you know, if, if you look at earnings season, the same time last year in, in the middle of a bull run, you, you could pretty much count on earnings to, send the underlying price in the direction of the earnings. You know, if they, if they beat earnings calls, we're probably going to pay. If they missed on earnings puts, we're probably going to pay. But that has not been the case this time around. I I think that if the company absolutely demolishes earnings, you, you could maybe expect to make a few bucks on calls. Um, And if it's anything less than that, even if they beat on earnings, but they give lower guidance or, if they don't beat on earnings, you, you can plan on that, that ticker getting demolished the next day. So what I'm hearing is don't gamble on the earnings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, you know, I, I think that it, it leads to a great point for just the agility that's required in this market right now. You know, we both have different styles of trading. We both have different tickers that we like and different sectors that we like to play. Um, but what worked last year is not working this year. What worked yesterday might not work today. So, um, I think that's why scalping has been so attractive to me. You know, I, I saw a, a tweet on, on Twitter. I, I wish I could remember who put it up, but, uh, someone retweeted that, uh, some, some Twitter furu posted scalping is for pussies and <laughs> someone, someone retweeted it and said like, you know, I'll, I'll take my money and be a pussy then, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly happy to, to walk away with, with money left on the table, as long as it's somebody else's money. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I think you get a lot of those fin, fin twit viewers that are uh, you know, just the home runs, those grand slams. And I get it. That's attractive. And that's how you get followers when you, you hit these uh, grand slams. But I think to stay in the game, the longevity is you got to make profits. You got to take profits, whether they're small um, and, they add up for sure. Yeah. You know, it's definitely, I I like what someone said you, in order to hit a grand slam, you got to get a few base hits. So, um, you know, if you're constantly looking for that home run, that, that giant gain, that thousand percenter, um, like I said yesterday, sitting, sitting right on the other side of that is a giant loss. So, you know, you, you, this is definitely a, a play smart and, and take the money market in, in my opinion at this time. So, yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're going against the market. Um, and which I think you caught me by surprise twice. I think you said last Friday, I think the market, well, I don't know, was it 
sold off a two three percent and uh, you told me you didn't take one put that day and then today we're rallying and i think you've done nothing but but put stay right except for the the call you had overnight yeah so i um friday was my i'll, I'll have to go back and look at my pnl friday was my biggest loser uh definitely for the month um i don't i don't want to say for the year i'm i'm sure in in january where i wasn't quite ready for what the market was turning into. I took a, a day or two that was bigger losses, but yeah, Friday was one of those days that I just couldn't admit that I was wrong. Um, and when I went back and looked at my trades, I realized, man, the, the market's been bleeding all day and I haven't played one put. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those instances where you just, you, you have a theory going into it and can't admit that you're wrong, start to average in and just hope that it'll come back. Um, you know, it, it's a good lesson that no, no matter how far you get into this market, you still have to be able to control your emotions and be be willing to admit when you're wrong. Yeah, and that, that's the biggest thing. Admit when you're wrong. And I think when you're wrong and you know you're wrong, get out, save that capital, um, have that risk management. Because when you, when you stick to your thesis and you just, you're watching your, your put just expire worthless or your call option expire worthless, you're like, well... You know, I got nothing to show for it, <laughs> um, but uh, it, sometimes it's hard putting those those stops in place, um, especially if the conscious expire, uh, you know, within a couple of days. Then if you have a stop of 10 percent, you could hit that pretty quick. Yeah. And, it, you know, you you and I were communicating earlier about where we're at. I, thankfully, today, uh, both of us have a pretty healthy green margin at this point, um, but you know, we were texting about our theory on, on where things are going from here. And I, I was able to identify today that like, Hey, this current setup is, is one that I've lost in before where I uh, are bright green. We've, we've seen all the tickers move up and we're getting into intraday trading. Um, this is the point where my, you know, my put desires start tingling my, my spidey senses to, to play the pullback starts going and, you know, then it keeps running. So I finally admit that I was wrong and I, I buy some calls only to have it then pull back um, and get chopped up both ways. So I think that's a an important lesson for me in this last week and really over the, the extent of my my trading tenure that you have to be, be able to identify what your setups are and in, inversely what uh, what bad uh, terrain looks like for you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm looking at Tessa right now. We're about to break 700. Who? Yeah. yeah. So, speaking of, yeah, spy at 404.35. Uh, it's a little after 11 o'clock one Thursday. So, um, I, I had said I I overnighted some Tesla calls this week and was very thankful to cut them for a profit the next day. And I, I told you yesterday that I, I assumed they would make me sad at some point this week. <laughs> and I. Uh, here, here we are with Tesla sitting just under 700. So, yeah, and uh, I'm a little sad too because I had a, a stop um, profit uh, with my Tesla call option, and it looks like I sold that a hundred dollars too soon. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know, no one uh, profits no one profit. Went, no one ever went broke taking profits. So that's right. Um, speaking of Tesla, Tesla and uh, Twitter insanity. What are your thoughts on where we sit with Elon Musk right now? Um, I mean, I, I just, I don't agree with him. It sounds like he's going to move forward at, you know, this, um, purchasing Twitter, he can do whatever he wants, but I'm just glad there's less pressure off of, uh, Tesla shares with him. 
pledging more money. And God, I sound like Amber Heard when I said pledging your money. <laughs> I don't know if you've been watching that Johnny Depp trial, but I digress. Um, but uh, no, I, I I think we're seeing a nice relief um, rally on Tesla because of that pressure where if Elon got margin called, he'll have to sell more Tesla. Um, and I was getting ugly. I told Aaron, I was like, I deposit money to buy some more Tesla shares. And as soon as I do that, the, the stock goes up. Uh, I think 12% in two days, but that's okay. Yeah, I, you know, I'm at the same point with Twitter and Tesla that I've been that I just, I don't, I don't know where to go from here. You know, the, the Twitter deal much less. I, I don't understand for Elon Musk, the, the desire to buy Twitter is, is he really concerned about free speech? Uh, I, I don't really buy that. I think that he is, a huge fan of trolling. Um, and I, I think that he, you know, look, he, he didn't get to be one of the richest men in the world by being an idiot. I think he has some plan here. Um, but his, his timing is odd to say the least. Um, you know, buying a, a risky company at, at this point, I, I don't understand it, but you know, I, I'm very curious to see where Tesla goes from here. Um, they're, they're at a real inflection point here at 700. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think, uh, Gary Black, um, uh, managing partner at the future fund, huge Tesla bull. Um, he thinks with Elon bringing in more money that he can now with his stake and the money that he's bringing in, um, that he could probably get the price down to 45 a share versus that 54. Um, and, currently at 39.22 so it still seems like wall street doesn't doesn't have too much confidence that deals going to get done but um i think we're, we're seeing that overhang lift on tesla stock um which i can appreciate <laughs> i i assume that your your portfolio is thankful this morning yeah um, yeah yeah just a, a a treacherous market to say the least it's you know we're, we're at that point where the major indices have gotten around 20% down. Um, historically, you, you would see a rally off of that point. Um, you know, whether it's a bear market rally or not, uh, that's, that's yet to be seen. But um, I'm looking at the charts here. DXY is under 102. Um, I would expect DXY to potentially pull back up and maybe test 103. Uh, and then hopefully see a, a, a real dump from there where we can break the nine on the weekly chart uh, to, to really see some cash flow back into the market and, and some risk on. Um, I think that's what makes this current environment so difficult is that it, it looks like a rally is coming. Um, but we're, we're still at those kind of key levels where it could just as easily dump back to the lows. Um, looking, looking at crypto this morning, you, you can see that there's still not too much faith in in risk assets at this point yeah um i mean has have you seen anything like get cheap enough where you're like hey i might want to start a position long term so for for me my my largest crypto holding is ethereum um i've i've had some of those ethereum for years uh, i think if we if we touch that 1500 level uh, i i will probably start to nibble in at that point um it's it's just so hard to know at this point you know if if you told me that 
next week uh, Bitcoin was going to retest 40,000 or you told me that next week Bitcoin was going to retest 15,000. Uh, I think both of those are, are plausible scenarios. Yeah, I I agree. I don't know if we're out of the woods just yet, um, but it, it, I will be honest. It's nice seeing a little green in the market. Um, I, I feel like there's been a lot of pain and I don't know if the, the Fed is trying to force a recession to slow down inflation. Um, a lot of people think that, that why would the Fed force a recession? But it certainly feels that way. Um, but uh, you know, time will tell. Yeah, I've I've been reading some really interesting articles about you know how the Fed is behaving right now and what they're doing and what tools they have at their disposal. And you know there there really aren't a ton of options for the the Fed at a moment like this. You know we obviously coming off of COVID they. They had a few options there. You could you could let the economy collapse with the, the world shutting down um, or you could pump money into it and, and kind of artificially inflate it. Uh, we, we know how that went during COVID. <laughs> pump it. They did <laughs> pump. They did. You know, I, I love that uh, that meme of Jerome Powell with the money printer just, <laughs> just pumping money. Um, has, has there been another Fed chairman that, that has like better memes? <laughs> like I feel like I, Jay Powell is. He's going to go down in history. <laughs> he, he absolutely will. I, I can't. I can't imagine where we uh, where we go from here. Um, I always think of idiocracy. The was it President Camacho? Um, Lord only knows where we where we go from here <laughs> and what kind of meme status we find in the market. Um, but yeah, you know, it it could be argued that this this is a strategy by the Fed. Uh, not this past meeting, but the meeting before. Uh, Jerome Powell came out swinging. He he was extremely hawkish and absolutely crushed the market that day. Um, you know, one could argue that that is a strategy. Look, we're we're gonna take some wind out of the market. We're gonna take a little money out of people's pockets and and slow down demand so that you know we can see some prices start to come back to reality. Um, yeah, and yeah, I I agree. I, I think with like you see the higher oil and food prices, you know that that definitely hurts everybody, but it hurts lower income, you know, the hardest. And it's like, okay, well, now how can how can we hurt the middle class and the upper class? All right, let's tank the stock market. <laughs> they'll, they'll slow down some spending. Um, and uh, it, it's definitely out of the market. I I don't know. I don't think we're out of the woods just yet, but um, I will see. Yeah, it's um, it, it's an interesting point that we're at, man. I I think that. You know, if you if you look at SPY, SPY is obviously my favorite indicator for the market. You know, if you look at the the weekly chart, we look pretty beat down at this point. It looks like a good spot for a bounce, um, and it looks like we're we're about to break the trend line on the the weekly chart. Um, so you know, easy to to see where we're at there, but. If you zoom out to the the monthly or even the quarterly chart, we, we really are just a drop in the bucket at this point. Um, it, it's not insane to think that we could have a lot more pain from here. Yeah, yeah. Quarterly or even the yearly chart. Um, one uh, person we follow is was it Sarah Sniper? Yeah, Sarah Sarah Strat Sniper. Sarah Strat Sniper. Um, shout out to Sarah Strat Sniper for uh, introducing us to the the Strat. Um, uh, definitely worth the follow some some very solid ta uh and decent transparency mm -hmm, absolutely and uh she had pointed out that uh the spy is going for an outside year which is uh 
very depressing, but um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So if you're, if you're not familiar with the strat, um, Sarah Strat Sniper is definitely a good place to start. I wish I could remember the name of the gentleman who, who kind of created this system. Uh, Rob Smith. I'm not Rob, sure of his Twitter handle, but Rob I, Smith. It is, it is Robin the Black, I, I believe. Okay. Um, I, forgive me if I'm wrong about that. But, uh, you know, when you hear us talk about inside bars and outside bars and two up and two down, those kinds of things, uh, we're, we're talking about the Strat there. So to put that in perspective, to make an outside year for – spy we would need to see spy get under 360 um so sitting at 404 right now uh you know if our predictions are correct if if the rally does come here and we see spy retest that 418 level um you know maybe maybe a bit higher if we really get some juice um you know you're talking a a 60 drop in the in the spy to get down to an outside year. So uh, it's also a midterm election year. It's, it's one of the things that if you look back historically, uh, midterm years are treacherous markets that are, are filled with, with rallies and an equal or uh, more amount of pain. So yeah, an interesting place that we find ourselves in. I I think that we're going to look back and and find that this was, you know, one of the most exciting markets you could trade in. Absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, one thing that Sarah, um, one of her strategies is if you take out 50% of the last candle, um, that I I don't know what the odds are that it's going to complete that candle, but it, it's, your odds are in your favor. Um, and we're already past 50% of, uh, last year's candle on the spy. So that's why she's thinking we're going to hit an outside um, year and get below that 360, which is, that's uh, going to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so you've, you've played that. I, I think she, she uses the hashtag SSS 50% rule. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously with me being a, a more scalping oriented trader, I, I kind of hate that rule. And I, it's not that I hate it. I just, I don't have the patience for it. It makes you um, stay in longer. Yeah. You, you have to really be committed to a trade, um, you know, to a, a healthy reward if it works out in your favor. Um, at, at what time frame do you say, hey, I'm, I'm willing to let the 50% rule play out uh, versus, hey, I'm, I'm up very healthy on this contract or these contracts uh it's it's time to take some profit off the table yeah i don't know i I guess that's everybody's different risk tolerance you know some might play this strategy where they do it for a whole month um or a whole week or you know a whole day that you could do this strategy where you can get in and out you know within an hour if it you know hits that 50 percent rule um I think it just comes down to your risk, your risk tolerance. I, in this market, being so choppy and bearish, I really don't want to sit in any call options or put options really too long, unless it's as a hedge. Um, so for me, I, I'd I'd rather get out um, and not hit that complete move, especially with all this volatility. It's an interesting point for for a hedge. Um, I have a, a good friend who doesn't trade the stock market, but he has long crypto investments. Uh, and I, I made the point to him early in the year of, you know, hey, if you have a, a certain amount of capital tied up in crypto, you, you should consider taking a percentage and, and buying some put options as, as a hedge against them. Um, I'm, I'm sure that he, he wishes he took that advice at this point. 
Um, you know, it's you, you have to diversify a bit, whether that's through day trading, whether that's through hedging. Um, there's just no no sure thing at, at this point, really at any point. You know, if, if you look back at the, the rally of last year, uh, there were a lot of people who were feeling very comfortable. Uh, they got <laughs> rug pulled pretty heavily in 2022. Yeah, it's so easy just to, uh, you know, when you get so bullish on something, it's like, well, why would I want to spend money going against it, <laughs> you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I wish I had some Tesla put options, but at the same point, it's like, well, if I'm going to have, like, if I'm spending money, especially Tesla put options aren't cheap, if you're buying, um, you know, long term, is like, well, I, I think I'd rather just have more shares, but... After uh, a 50% drop, yeah, I kind of wish I had some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it, it goes back to what we were saying about, you know, the, the hindsight's always twenty twenty. You can always say what you, you would have done or should have done. Um, you know, and I, I think you you have to think about your time horizon. You know, if, if you were planning on retiring in 2022 uh, versus, you know, uh, like us, we will die working. Um, <laughs> I, I think that the the time horizons are are very different uh one of the things that is was really eye-opening for me lately i was going back and looking at uh 2000 2001 2008 and you know really kind of going through the the weekly charts of of those levels and what we saw and what held and what didn't and you know when you zoom in on those charts they're they're horrific some some of those drops were were devastating i i remember uh talking to my dad during those time periods and him talking about how much value his 401k lost. Um, those, those were incredibly trying times for a lot of people. Uh, you know, when you go back to the the monthly or even the yearly chart, they, they were a blip. They, you know, we've, we've rebounded and, and made insane amounts of money since then. So, you know, it really is all about perspective and, and what your time horizon is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny when you say that because you look at these charts like, man, these are great buying opportunities. Why didn't I buy? And it's scary when you're here in recession, you're seeing the stock market fall, you know, 30% to start the year. You're thinking, well, shoot, I, I should probably buckle up and start saving my money. Um, but then look back you're like, man, that, yep, that was a good buying opportunity. Yeah, it's, um, you know, one of the things that I like to look at is the the fear and greed index. And historically anytime the the fear and greed index got to extreme fear that was a good buying opportunity if you if you bought in those time periods and held long enough you would have have made uh fantastic gains uh the the part that gets missed in all of that is the the environment that provided that extreme fear um there there's a reason that it's extreme fear it's because it's it's incredibly scary to buy in those times mm -hmm. um it it always looks like the end it always looks like it'll never come back um you know and i, I think that's how the the market really is just a, a representation of people's psychology it's it's the opportunity to to buy something based on sentiment uh and and a thousand other factors but <clears throat> definitely not uh not for a weak stomach yeah, that's for sure. Uh, well, Tesla broke 700 for a brief second. So on, on that note, should we uh, celebrate and wrap up the pod? I think we should. <laughs> um, anything anything that you're watching heading into this next week? Um, really, I'm just the main indices, Tesla. Um, I think we're still like in the inside week. 
So if we don't have a two up um, next week, could be could see some more strong movement heading um, in the bullish direction. So, but yeah, I, I'm ready to get back to trading today. I'm, I'm excited. We're doing well. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm also very excited to get back to it. Um, man, I'm. I'm not making any predictions this week. I. <laughs> I, I want to see. I want to see DXY. Uh, kind of retest the upper trend line. Uh, if you look at the the daily or the weekly chart, you can see the the beautiful channel that DXY is in. Uh, I'd like to see it test or even breach that upper trend line and then uh, fall back down through it and then fail to the downside. Uh, I think that'd be a great indicator that we we have some risk on in the market. But yeah, I'm excited, man. I'm I'm ready to get back to it. Sounds good. So good luck, everybody. Uh, if you would. Give us a like and subscribe. Follow us at Queen City Trading on Twitter. And best of luck in this treacherous market.